Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter number 10. We're going to be looking at verse 9 through 20 tonight. And uh, before we uh, get started in that, I'd like to open up in a word of prayer. So I'm going to ask uh, Brother Martin, if you would, why don't you open up our service in a word of prayer and bless the preaching of God's word tonight, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have tonight to come and worship you, Lord. Yes, God. We pray, Lord, that this service will draw us closer to you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you'd be with the pastor as we bring forth the service. Lord, give him the word that yes. you need to hear. May each and every one of us, Lord, feel blessed in this service, Lord, and leave here with a refreshed, intense effort, Lord, to serve you and to worship you yes, and to do your will and yes. everything that Amen. Okay, Proverbs chapter number 10. We'll start by reading our text. We're going to be reading starting in verse 9 down through verse 20. It says, He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, but the fruit of the wicked to sin. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth the reproof erreth. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. Now remember, in this section of Scripture, as we're studying this, we're kind of continuing on through this, uh, contrasting between the wise and the foolish, okay? And uh, also contrasting between the, the righteous and the wicked. And uh, Solomon, is, as he's doing this, as he's instructing us, trying to, to get us to go in the way of wisdom. And so as we dig into these verses tonight, I want us to, to take notice of what is right, okay? As we seek to heed God's wisdom. As we look at each of these verses, we're going to see what God wants us to see concerning what is right, okay? And we've got a lot of ground to cover with all these verses, so we're going to dig right in tonight. Uh, but as we go through these, I want us to be asking ourselves, uh, will we go in the way of wisdom in these areas, or will we choose to play the fool? Uh, because like I said, as we started out this study, you know, we can choose no matter what the area is, um, you know, we may be a believer, okay? We may have trusted Christ as our Savior, but that doesn't mean we're going to be wise in all areas of our lives. We can still choose to act or behave in a way which God says is foolish in one or more area of our life. And may God help us as we go through these things to see the wise way that God wants for us to carry ourselves in our lives. The very first thing I noticed here is in verse number 9, I see here a right walk. God wants us to have a right walk, does he not? Amen? And uh, we see that's the very first thing he addresses here in verse 9. He says, he that walketh how? 
uprightly, right? He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Now, notice that our steps, they are sure and they are sound when we walk out the steps of our lives in a right and just and godly way. But the man that chooses the path of sin, the man that chooses the path of wickedness and the path of perverting that which is just and right is a man who is going to be known by his ways, his wicked ways. The Bible says in Proverbs 20 and 11 that even a child is known by his doings. And listen, folks, surely a godly and just man will be seen and known by the testimony of one that walks in the sure and steadfast steps of the word of God. But an ungodly and unjust man will be known by the fact that he perverts that which is right and also that he goes the way of that perversion rather than the way of what is true and right. Um, you know, and one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think of that is the mainstream media nowadays. Truly, you see in that mainstream media a group of people that are perverting that which is true and right. And any of us with common sense, we can look at it and we can see, hey, that's exactly what they're doing. They're just trying to create uh, hysteria. They're trying to cause us to believe a lie. Okay, they are perverting the truth. And uh, listen, folks, God wants us not to be like that. God wants us to have a right walk, okay? Notice also we are to have a right manner. Uh, look here at verse number 10. It says, He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. Notice here the word winking, uh, winking with the eye, the word prating as well. Both of these uh, descriptions are referring to being deceptive, okay? And so listen, friend, you can, you can tell a whole lot about a person just by watching their body language, can you not? <laughs> Sometimes they don't have to say a word at all, and you can tell... Uh, what's going on in that individual's mind. Um, you can tell a whole lot by body language. And often, deceptive people uh, do not just deceive their victims uh, through much babbling or prating, but also through their deceptive mannerisms as well. Uh, Judas dece deceived the Lord, right? He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And he, Jesus said, betray us out, son of God, with a kiss, Right? He did that with, a, with his body language, with a gesture. And the truth is that the wicked deceivers of this world are often so wise in their deceit that they have learned to deceive oftentimes without even saying a word. I've met numerous, I know in, in Ukraine it was common to deal with deceivers. And uh, a number of the individuals we dealt with over there, they, they were so practiced in their deceitful ways, they did not even have to tell the lie to be lying. They just created the atmosphere, the way they acted, what they did in order to deceive those that were around them uh, to get whatever it was that they were, they were seeking to attain. And listen, folks, that's still bearing false witness, is it not? <laughs> I mean, thou shalt not bear false witness. Bearing false witness is, is not just telling a bald-faced lie. It's any form of deception whatsoever. Okay, and uh, the right manner for the godly man, the right manner for the, the wise man is that God does not want us 
uh, whether it's in gesture or in word, to be deceptive in any way or form. God wants us to be seen and to be known as those in the community that are honest and just and right and true. I mean, when they look at us, they don't say, man, I know what that guy stands for. I know he's true. I know he's right. Hey, listen, what he tells me, it's not, the, it's not just going to be the words that he speaks, but it's going to be the actions of his life. It's real and it's true and it's sincere. Okay, that's what God wants to see in us. That's what's wise. And yet this ungodly manner here, we see deceiving both in manners as well as words. Also, we see here a right speech. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 11. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. But violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Notice the distinct difference between a righteous man and a wicked as it is seen in the language, the speech that comes out of their mouth. A godly, righteous man's speech, the Bible says here it's described how? As a well of life, right? Think about what that means. It's life-giving. It's refreshing. It's encouraging, right? It's helpful, amen? But the wicked man's speech is described as violent, angry, violent words. Words which kill, which hurt, which destroy, which inflict pain. Such words are the words that cover the mouth of the man the Bible describes here as wicked and ungodly. And they are not wise. What about you, Christian? Is your speech more like the angry, hurtful words of the wicked? Or are they like the life-giving, refreshing words that ought to characterize the speech of the wise and the righteous? Don't justify your angry and ungodly speech because it is not right. And it is not wise. And when we as individuals allow ourselves to justify such, such speech, we are playing the fool. Okay? God does not want us to be that way. God wants us to be different. And if we allow that character to creep in our lives, listen, we need to repent of it. It's not going to help your family, Christian. It's not going to help those around you want to come to Christ. We need to be known as those that have life-giving words. Not hurtful, angry, violent words. Okay? There ought to be a distinct difference in our speech, whether it's in our homes or with those that we deal with in the community that are around us. We ought to be distinctly different because that is the way of the wise. And if we've allowed that character of the fool to creep into our heart and life, we need to repent of that and get that right with God. Because that's not the way that God wants you to be, Christian. Notice now number four. I see here not only a right speech, but I see that we need to have a right attitude. Look at verse number 12. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. Now, notice the contrast and attitude here between wisdom and foolishness. The foolish, they, they lash out in anger. They lash out in hatred. They lash out in nastiness. But the wise 
are kind. The wise are compassionate. The wise are loving, just as Jesus is. Amen? And listen, friend, when you foolishly lash out with angry, mean, hateful, or unkind words, what does that encourage those around you to do? Does it encourage them to, to say, uh, well, bless his heart. That deer didn't really know what he was saying, right? No, I don't think so. What does the Bible say it does? Stirs up stripes. When we act in that manner towards them, it only encourages them to lash right back at us. And it's not wise. It provokes them to retaliate, right? Does it not? It encourages them just to blast you right back and give you just as much as you gave them, right? <laughs> but you know what, folks? The truth is that when... We speak kind, loving, and compassionate words. Even in the midst of a heated argument, you know what? That will cover and put out the fire of such speech rather than fan the flames of such an argument, right? There's wisdom there, is there not? If the argument is going to end, Someone has to choose the high road, right? Someone's going to choose the wise way, right? And choose to interact in love rather than anger and hatred. Christian, don't play the fool. When things arise in your relationships, when confrontation arises with those around you, you know what? There's going to be some people that are downright nasty to you. And maybe they're going to yell and act angry and hateful and mean towards you. But remember, you are to be Jesus before them. And so you are not to retaliate with unkind, mean, and hateful words. Because all that does is stir up strife and encourage you to go on and on and on. Somebody's going to put a stop to it. And if you as a believer won't do it, if you as a man or woman of God won't do it, then who will? We need to be known as those that have the attitude of acting in compassion and kindness and love, even when those around us aren't so nice. Just like Christ was. I mean, even when they beat him, spat upon him, plucked out his beard and did all that they did to him. Not an evil word came out of the, the, the Savior's mouth, did it? That's right. But in humility, he went on to the cross to die for the sins of the very people who beat him and spat upon him. Yeah. And that's the character God wants to see in us. That's the character of wisdom, Christian. God wants to see it in you, in your marriages. In your relationships with those that you interact with. You know, it's real easy to get in the flesh, okay? You know, I think we're all created about the same. We all have a flesh of nature, right? We're all prone to easily get in the flesh and want to respond in an angry, um, mean, hateful way when somebody starts being nasty to us, right? That's in our nature, okay? 
okay? But it's not wise, is it? Just because we're prone to it, just because that's what our flesh wants to do, doesn't mean it's wise. That's, the flesh is foolish, Christian. <laughs> and we're not called to emulate the flesh. We're called to emulate Christ, <laughs> who is wisdom. So may God help us to see there's going to be a right attitude, okay, if we're going to be wise. Notice also there's a right learning. Look at verse number 13. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Now, as we looked at verse 8 last week, it tells us that the wise are teachable. It says they receive commandments. Wise people are teachable people, okay? And they are therefore able to rightly convey what they've learned and understood to those around them because of the understanding that they themselves have gained. But a fool is too prideful to receive and to heed instruction from others. And so guess what? They've got to learn the hard way. The Bible says a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. You see, the foolish individual requires chastening. They require correction that they might be taught. But the wise can learn and listen humbly to instruction that is uh, that they might be able to gain understanding and wisdom um, the right way rather than the hard way. You know, I've, I've experienced both, but I can tell you it's better to be wise and learn the easy way than to play the fool and learn the hard way. Listen, friend, you don't have to experience something to learn that it's stupid, right? I'm so glad I hadn't had to experience alcohol and drugs and all that mess to realize that I don't need any of that. I mean, that's not good for my life. That's not a benefit to my life. That's not a help to my life. But I, I guess why I was able to do that, because I received some instruction. I mean, from my youth, my parents said, you don't need to touch this stuff. It will ruin your life. It will destroy your life. And I received that instruction. And I was wise in that area of my life. I didn't have to learn the hard way. Praise the Lord. I didn't have to learn the hard way. Some of you had to learn the hard way in that area of your life. But listen, folks. There's a right learning. You see, if we're going to be wise, okay, we need to be wise in our learning and rather than having to have God chasten us to teach us something or and allow us to reap what we've sown to teach us something we've got the instructions right here don't we if we'll, if we'll be wise we'll listen to it and heed it and it will keep us from a whole lot of trouble Okay, God gave this book to us for a reason Okay, it's an instruction manual for your life and if you listen to it, it will keep you in the wise way. So remember, let us have a wise, let's have us a right learning where we don't have to go the, the hard way in order to learn something. We go God's way. Notice also I see here a right listening. Look at verse number 14. It says, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. 
Now, this kind of goes along a little bit with the last verse. And it makes it clear that, listen, those who are wise, they're going to listen, okay, right? They're going to lay up knowledge. But those who are foolish, guess what? They have no time to listen to others. But instead, in pride, they are hasty in their speech, and they just want to spout off at the mouth. And listen, folks, the truth is that sometimes we are a whole lot better off if we would just close our mouths and listen for a moment. For when we won't listen and lay up that knowledge, our foolish mouths lead to ruining and trouble and destruction in our lives. The wise have learned to be better listeners than they are talkers. But listen, folks, see, often the wisest thing you can do is just close your mouth and listen. May God help us to be wise and listen and lay up knowledge rather than just foolishly speak our minds and suffer ruin because of it. James wrote in James 1.19, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's wisdom. That's what God wants to see in his people. Okay? So, listen, folks. God wants us to have a, a right um, listening and a uh, right learning. Okay, and we choose not to do that, we're going to regret it. It's going to cause problems in our life. Like I said, sometimes it's better just to close your mouth, okay, and learn to listen. I have trouble listening sometimes. Jessica tells me that every once in a while. I have trouble listening. Uh, you know what, men, if you're going to dwell with your wives according to knowledge, it's going to involve some listening once in a while. Um, so lay up that knowledge. Dwell with them according to knowledge and listen. Okay, I know we stubborn, hard-headed men can be hard about that sometimes, but God wants us to be listeners and not just talkers, okay? Uh, also notice number seven here in verse number 15, I notice a right management. Verse 15 says, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Now remember, God's trying to teach us some wise principles in all of these verses, okay? And notice the truth that is conveyed to us here. Now certainly, God, God wants us to know that He doesn't want us to trust in, in wealth. He doesn't want us to trust in riches. But this verse is making it abundantly clear that when we manage our finances well, that puts us in a strong position of defense against numerous evil things that could happen to us. I think you'd all agree that there's a lot of different troubles we may face in life that if we had just a little bit more money uh, to be able to deal with those things, we wouldn't have to. Had we been prepared, maybe we could have dealt with those things without finding ourselves in the difficult situation we were in. Okay, so um, when we manage our finances well, that puts us in a strong position of defense against numerous evils. And also, listen, friend, when we manage it poorly, that will result in us being in a position of vulnerability, right? A position which can lead to a destroying or a ruining of numerous aspects of our lives. 
Now you think about this for a minute, and you're going to know that I'm telling you the truth, okay? How many lives are ruined because they are being chased night and day by debt collectors? You know what's true. Our country is a country of debt. I mean, we're going trillion, trillion upon trillion upon trillion of dollars in debt as a country right now, and we as American people aren't any better. But how many people, I mean, you, you hear testimony after testimony of testimony of people whose lives were ruined because they're being chased night and day by the debt collectors, right? Because they bought what they could not afford and did not have money for. And now they're having a difficult time paying it back. And if they have an emergency, guess what? They really are in a bind because the credit's maxed out already and they can't pay Guess what? That's a vulnerability, is it not? And the misery associated with poorly managing your finances, it's, it's horrible. God wants us to be wise, even with our money, Christian. It's a strong defense when you manage your money wisely. And so be wise. You know, many things are destroyed because... People are foolish with their money and buy what they do not have money for. You know, the sad truth is that one of the number one reasons people get divorced nowadays is guess what? Money. People get into debt over their head. They can't make any ends meet because they've bought all these things they couldn't afford to buy. They can't get out. The debt collectors are calling them night and day. Everybody's so stressed out of their mind they don't know what to do. And so mom and dad start getting like this. And before you know it, one of them says, enough is enough, I'm done with this. Listen, folks, there are so many things that get destroyed when we don't rightly manage the finances that God has given us. May we realize that there are blessings, that there's a defense associated with rightly managing the finances that God has given you. And when you don't rightly manage it, when you poorly manage it, you create a vulnerability uh, for destruction and ruin in your life. Okay? And so take this to heart. This is wisdom. Okay? I know this is America, and most people don't want to hear that. They've got credit cards going out their ears. Okay? But God wants you to be wise with your money. Listen, He wants you to be wise in your marriage, He wants you to be wise with your money. He wants you to be wise with your time. There's not an area in your life in which God does not want you to be wise. It'd be foolish for us to say otherwise. And when we are wise in that area, we reap the benefit of it. Okay? Uh, when you're wise with your money, you reap the benefit of that strong defense. Okay? Rather than the vulnerability associated with not being wise. So notice next, I see here a right spending in verse number 16. Now remember, I'm not choosing these things. I'm just coming upon them as they are and preaching them to you as we see them in the text. Verse 16 says, The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. Notice here that Solomon is making it clear that foolish people squander the resources that they receive. The fruit or the increase that the wicked receive he says it tendeth to sin. 
Meaning they blow it on whatever lustful, sinful desires they have, just like the prodigal son, right? Who wasted his living. How? With riotous living. He wasted his fruit, his substance, on riotous living. That is the way of the world, and that is the way of the foolish. And if you don't believe me, just go out on a Friday and Saturday night and see what the vast majority of Americans are doing in our country tonight. They get that paycheck, and what do they do? They go party all weekend. Go drink. They go dance. They do all the foolish things that they really ought not to be doing and just blow their money. They go gambling. You know when, when these gambling halls on our, uh, on our uh, casino strip out here on 58 opened up? Y'all remember as you were watching, you know, you can barely get somebody to church, but boy, the casino house was packed out, was it not? Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, guess what? The casino house was full, was it not? Why? Because they were running with their paychecks to squander away all their money on that which is ungodly and wicked. But the Bible says here, the labor of the righteous, meaning that which he has earned by his hard work, it tendeth to life. You see, the wise man, he cherishes what he earns, does he not? <laughs> because he earned it with hard work. And that wise man can live and he can give and he can have the, the, the needs of his life adequately met because they've learned to properly manage what they've earned by their hard work and that is wise. Rather than squandering it like a fool. I was talking to one of our children this week and I said, listen, when you get some money, what should you do with it? A little kid, when they first get it, you know what they want to do with money? They want to go to the candy store, right? I mean, they want to get the biggest bag of candy they can possibly get, and they want to spend every single penny on candy and fill that thing up, right? But I said, you know what? It would be wise for us to take, first of all, and set a little bit of that apart for God. 10%, remember, it, that belongs to God. That's the tithe. That's not even ours to even think about. You know what? It might be wise for us to give a little bit of that to God to missions so that missionaries can reach the world for Jesus Christ. Then you know what? You ought to save some. So when that rainy day comes or that emergency comes or whatever it may be, you have something to fall back on to help you in that time of need. So you have that strong defense like that rich man, right? Rather than being ruined because you weren't prepared. And then you ought to spend some. God intends for the laborer who is worthy of his hire to use his money for his needs and for the provision of his life. And so I was telling that, I don't know who it was, I think it was Sammy I was talking to about that a little bit this week, but that's the way God wants us. He, he wants us to rightly manage and rightly spend our money, not to squander it like the wicked out in the world today. You watch them, you see what they're doing. I mean, as soon as they earn something, they go out and squander it all in drugs and alcohol and immorality and gambling and everything, every vile thing you can think of. But the wise man, the wise woman, the Christian ought not to be so. We ought to be seen as distinctly different. Okay. Notice also, I see here a right responding in verse number 17. 
He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. Now listen, friend, when someone else instructs you or reproves you or corrects you, that's what reproof really is, it's correction. How do you respond? According to this verse, if we're going to be wise, we need to take heed or we need to keep that instruction that is given and we should genuinely receive correction, that reproof that's given to us, when it's given to us, if we're going to be a wise man or woman. Because a foolish man will not listen to or keep instructions. And a foolish man, when someone reproves him and, and corrects him and says, hey, this isn't right. This is not the right way for you to be doing this. He refuses to receive that correction. And the Bible says he errs, meaning he's gone astray. He's gone the wrong way. What about you, Christian? Are there times where you're so prideful and foolish that you don't receive instruction, that you won't receive correction? Or do you wisely receive it and heed it? And as the Bible says here, go in the way of life. Remember, this is Bible. This is not just Pastor Curtis speaking here tonight. This is God's way. This is the wise way. That when you hear the instruction, that when you are corrected in a wrong way, that you respond correctly to it, that you receive it, that you heed it, okay? From those that are around you, you know what? You need to be willing to receive instruction and correction. But you know what? Predominantly, I think more than anything from this word. Because I'll tell you what, this is a book of instruction, and this is also a book of reproof and correction. And if we cannot learn to follow the principles set forth in this word, we are not a wise individual. And we're erring if we choose not to follow it, if we choose not to heed it. So go in the way of life. Amen? That's what the Bible says here. Go in the way of life. Heed that instruction. Heed that correction. When God deals with your heart about something, don't let it go in one ear and out the other and say, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm dandy. Hey, listen to it. Take it to heart. Apply it and do something about it. Amen? Because that's wise. And that's the way God wants us to be. So we see a right responding. That's how God wants us to respond. Also, I notice here a right realness. Look at verse number 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander, is a fool. Now listen, folks. There are some people out there, they will say the most wonderful things to your face, won't they? And then as soon as you're out of sight, what do they do? Boy, they just burn you up. I mean, they devour you with slander and unkind words behind your back. This is the way of the foolish man. This is the way of the wicked man. Okay, to be wise is to be real, to be sincere, to be honest, to be kind. Unfortunately, through the years that we've been in the ministry, I've encountered numerous individuals who have dealt with us in such a way. To my face, boy, they would say the prettiest things. Oh, we love you. We love you. You're so wonderful. You're so great. And behind my back, boy, they were eating fried preacher. 
I mean, crucify me. I mean, burn me up with their words. I mean, there was one lady even in Ukraine. She was talking all flowery to me to my face. And when I took her home in the back, she didn't think Jessica understood a word she was saying. She was telling all the rest of the crew in the back how awful I was. And guess what? Be sure your sin will find you out, right? But many out there today are just like that. I mean, they make to be your friend, but they are not your friend. They are backstabbing Judases. They pretend to be so spiritual, but in truth, they're usually the most ungodly people in the church. And listen, friend, that is foolish. That is foolish, and that is not wise. May God help us to be real. Not one thing before somebody's face and another thing behind their back, but to be real, to be honest, to be sincere, and to be kind, for that is Christ-like, and that is wise. Notice now number 11. We get just two more things, and I'll be done. I notice here a right refraining. Look at verse number 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not what? Sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. You know, I think this kind of goes along with verse 14 as well. Truly, it is better for us to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen. But maybe you say, well, preacher, you know, I'm, you know, I like that. That's good. But I'm, I'm really one of those, you know, I just pride myself on speaking my mind, if you know what I mean. Well, if that's you, you just admitted to being a fool. For Solomon says, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, and he that refraineth uh, not his lips is not wise. It is wise to think before you speak. But it is the way of the fool to speak your mind and just spout off whatever comes to your mind. Truly, we can be sure that many times a wise man is counted wise, not by what he says, but by what he doesn't say. Learn to think before you speak. Learn to hold your tongue, for that is the way of the wise. Sometimes that's just the best thing you can do is to just hold your tongue. You see here, there's a right refraining, for in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, the Bible says. And notice I see here, lastly, a right heart. In verse number 20, he says, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Here in this text, Solomon is, is linking what's in our hearts to what comes out of our mouths. He tells us the just man's heart, hey, listen, it's like choice silver. But the wicked man's heart is of little worth. You know, Jesus tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaketh. And so truly, think about this, friend. A right heart will speak right things. And a wicked heart will put forth wicked things and be of little worth. This is definitely not something that is hidden. Because what is in your heart will be evidenced in your life and through your speech as well. 
and the wicked's heart and speech is worthless. But the wise will be of great worth and benefit and blessing to those who are around them. What about you? Does your life portray that of a worthless fool? Or does your life display the beautiful wisdom of God like that choice silver? I pray the Lord helps us to rightly display the beautiful wisdom of God. May it be seen in us. May Jesus, that's what it gets down to, may Jesus be seen in us. What about you? Is everything right with you tonight? Will you go in the way of wisdom in these areas that we've looked at tonight? Or will you allow yourself to play the fool? You know what? God gives us instruction here for a reason, doesn't he? He gives us correction here for a reason, doesn't he? Because he wants us to be wise. But it's our choice to be wise. It's our choice to listen to it, to heed it, and to reap the benefits that come with it. But we could also choose to be a fool and reap the consequences that come with that. Just like the Bible says, the rod is for the, for the fool's back. I don't want that path. <laughs> I want to listen to, heed, and receive the instruction and correction from God that I might reap the benefits of his wisdom in my life. Let's close now in a word of prayer.